so for Halloween, we're doing a little. Uh, do we have any like uh, weird Halloween music? I don't know. Let me see here. Let me uh, put me on the spot here. We didn't. We don't have show meetings. We don't. You bring that butt over here or what? Nope. That's not it. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. Game show music. No. Nope, not Halloween. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. You bring that butt over here or what? Nope. We talked about this. You're, you were supposed to get 45 <laughs> Halloween related samples on your roadcaster. And mm -hmm. I'm hurt and I'm old and I'm tired and I work with children. Uh, no. Nope. This is so awkward. Nope. so awkward for our audience. Well, anyway, I, I, don't know, I don't know what to say. Yeah, anyway. All right, we're going to move on. There it is. Yeah. This guy's got like 35,000 gigabytes of memory, and he's got maybe 12 sounds on it. I just I just like these sounds. You hear them every episode. That's suspicious. Ooh. All right. All right. Halloween. You're listening to The Florida Man Murders, a true crime comedy podcast about murder, madness, mayhem, and other shady shit that goes down in the Sunshine State. Each week, your hosts, Chris, Roger, and Siege, take you on a dark, twisted journey through the bowels of the most wretched fiends and nefarious events throughout the history of Florida and then make inane quote-unquote funny observations about it all like the half-soused nitwits that they are. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the crazy, if you dare. So, it is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. Today. Happy Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's right. This comes Happy out on Halloween, Halloween which is when we recorded October it. October 31st, Halloween. Happy Halla. Show you my wiener. Halla, halla. So this is a little different uh, from what you're normally used to hearing from us. Oh. Yeah, there's going to be no dick jokes. No, no dick jokes. Very serious. Yeah. Very serious. No jokes at all. Unless people want to hear more of these kinds of stories, you just let us know. But... Um, since it's Halloween, we figured we'd get a little creepy about it, and uh, we're going to get into a UFO incident that happened in 1952. All right. Is this me? Oh, 1952. Is this first UFO that we've had? It is, is our first UFO, yes. First UFO. It's our first UFO. Yes. Oh, I mean, as a group, because, I mean, I believe we've experienced them individually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the UFO incident of 1952. Is that what it's called? The title of this episode, yes. Fucking great. Great title, Chris. The UFO. What else am I supposed to call it? Aliens invade Florida in 1952 and eat the children. So this is Aliens invade Florida 1952 and eat the children episode. Nice. Wow. This is a good one. Dateline. <laughs> Aliens! Aliens in the, in the studio. Aliens? There's aliens. Palm Beach, Florida, August 19, 1952. Whoa. I was at a walk around the clock. Like I was at the <laughs> So, Palm Beach County Sheriff's Deputy Mott... Mott and Parton. Martin? Wait. Is that are those two people? <laughs> are, Mott this is this is Martin? I knew we were gonna get snagged with this stupid fucking name. <laughs> well listen, so it's not shit. our fault. I know I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying when I wrote it down, this is the fucking stupid name. You're like, okay, this is gonna take forty five minutes to get through <laughs> Mott and Potton. First fucking sentence of the fucking story. <laughs> Say it again. Do it slowly. So you're not saying it weird. 
No, his name is Mott. M-O-T-T, Mott. Oh, God. All right. His this is going to take a while, folks. His, his Strap in. Mother. Park his your middle, cars. <laughs> his middle name is just N, the letter N. I don't know what, what it stands <laughs> for, but it's Mott. We all know what it stands for. N. But we can't say that word. No, he's he's not. <laughs> not Mott is not. Uh, Mott N. Parton is his last name. Parton. 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 So like Mott and Parton. Like Parton. Parton. Like Dolly Parton? <laughs> no. Fuck. P- Guys. <laughs> can, you, can you spell P-A-R-T-I-N. it? P-A-R-T-I-N. Parton. Parton. Mott and Parton. I... Is there an apostrophe after the end? I don't know what so to do with this Parting? name. No, this is just his name. We're just going to call him Deputy Parton. But Wait, uh, did he make the applesauce? No. <sighs> not sure I know what you're talking about. Mott's. Mott's applesauce? You don't know what Mott's applesauce? Christopher. I don't eat applesauce. <laughs> Welcome back to Names Podcast. <laughs> Different names. Applesauce brands. Um... Yeah. So he uh can you use it in a sentence? The fucking name sucks. I'm sorry. It's weird. It's a weird fucking name. The sentence is Palm Beach County Sheriff's Deputy Mott N. Parton was sitting in his office at around 10 p.m. when he received the phone call from the Florida Highway Patrol. The FHP told Sheriff Parton that a farmer living about 12 miles southwest of West Palm Beach had called him on an urgent and strange matter. Tractor beam. That's pretty good. The FHP was like, this shit is too weird and decided to hand the case over to our boy, Mott N. Parton. Mott N. Parton, reporting for duty, sir. This is when actually Mr. X would be great. That's good. Mott N. Parton, reporting for duty, sir. Oh, God. Give me some back shots. <laughs> All right, Mr. X. Let's fuck aliens. Settle down, Mr. X. Jeez. Please. I hate Mr. I hate and I love him. I can't settle down. I've got such a hard throbbing boner. Wow, that guy. Oh, God. Please calm him down. Stop calling him out. I... <laughs> go right. Sorry, go, go back, go back into the cave. Or whatever. Whoa, settle down. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the voice code is great. <laughs> hey, everyone. Chris here. Just needed to interrupt this episode real quick to let those of you who don't know what the hell is going on on who this Mr. X is. Uh, Mr. X is a character we created a few episodes back, and he's basically an alien robot from the 1950s who landed on Earth and lives in a cave. And all he does is go around watching people have sex and then comment on it while they're doing it. He's a very horny robot. Um, Also, he sometimes communicates in Morse code, even though his Morse code is incoherent gibberish. Anyway, hope that clears up the stupid. Now back to the show. (laughs) Uh, Come in, come in, Mr. X, come in. (laughs) Are are you hard right I'm now? Back here do you have an erection? Copy. Of course I do. <laughs> so I think dumb. Chris was crying. So oh god. Oh my god. Some of the dumbest <laughs> shit we've ever done, these, but it's amazing. These two furs. The second one is always like Wild West. <laughs> Woo! Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Eat your candy corn. Here's a horny robot. My name is Bob Parton. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. So Parton, Parton asked the uh, FP, FHP guy what happened. And according to the FHP officer, the farmer and his wife were suddenly visited by three boys pounding on their door in the middle of the night. The boys were dressed in Boy Scout uniforms, and all and all of them appeared frantic and frightened. 
The boys told the farmer that their scoutmaster was in serious trouble. The farmer and his wife let the boys into the house and told them not to move. Don't tell anybody you're here. Then they called the police, and Parton and another officer drove out to Military Trail to visit the farmhouse. When they got there, they were greeted by the farmer and his wife and the three Boy Scouts. 12-year-old Bobby Ruffing. Oh. 11-year-old David Rowan. And 10-year-old Chuck Stevens. (laughs) Chuck. Chuck's the bad one. Parton walked over to the boys and asked them to tell him what happened. What going on, boys? What'd you see out there? What happened, boys? The three said their scoutmaster was in trouble. They told him that the scoutmaster was a 30-year-old former Marine named Sonny Desvergers. 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 Sonny Desvergers. Sonny Desvergers. So when Pardon asked for more details... I thought my name was strange. But perhaps this man has usurped me. No, see that this this one actually this one actually works for me. This Vergers, the sunny part, sunny. Um, so gotta move out. You gotta move out from names, man. I'm just I'm gonna make a Mm -mm. personal commitment Mm -mm. to move. No, (laughs) I can't do it. From names, and this episode is chock full of fucking (laughs) speed bumps. I need to know where they're from. Their family background. Oh, shit. I'm just going to stay quiet on any fucking name from here on out. I don't care if his name is like Clown Man Jenkins Stein. SDV. SDV. Clownman. Clownman? Clownman. Clownman. So Pardon asked asked for more details, and the boys told him that Sonny had walked into the pine and brush just off military trail to investigate some strange lights that had appeared out of nowhere. As soon as Sonny disappeared into the brush, the boy saw red flare-like lights blasting from behind the pines. Mm. And the boys became terrified, and they ran to the farmhouse for help. So Deputy Parton had the boys take him to the area, And as they drove down Military Trail, they spotted Sonny's car on the shoulder of the road. Pardon pulled over, and he told the boys to stay put. And then he and the other officer got out of the car to take a closer look when suddenly a man emerged from the bushes, acting erratic and wild. It was Sonny Desvergis. He was pale-faced and shaking in terror, barely able to walk. Sonny was waving a machete in the air and shouting, I'm coming! Here I am! I'm coming! Siege. (laughs) (laughs) Just call him Siege. (laughs) So, uh, said Deputy Parton, quote, in all my 19 years of law enforcement work, I've never seen anyone as terrified as he was. Creepy. Spooky. <laughs> Sonny turned around and then walked back into the woods. Oh, I live here now. <laughs> Good day. These are my people. I'm coming. <laughs> I And now I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Parton and the other officer followed. In a small clearing, they found Sonny's lit flashlight laying in the grass. And not far from the flashlight, they spotted a patch of grass that had been flattened out completely. And Pardon managed to get Sonny to return with him to the squad car. Question? Just randomly. Sonny, white guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everyone in the story is white. I mean, his last name is like... Well, I mean, you got to remember, this is 1950s South Florida. The police are not coming to help a black man. (laughs) I'm just out in the middle of the They were walking him back and were like, okay, yeah, they didn't murder him immediately. Got it. They they would never let a black man be a scout leader. (laughs) (laughs) Valid, valid point. Go ahead. So as they all drove back to the Palm (laughs) Beach County Sheriff's Office, Sonny told Parton, that the hair on his arm, his forearms had been singed off and that his skin was burned. 
Once back at the station, Parton examined Sonny and confirmed that the hair had been singed off and his skin had fresh red burns on it. Well, I do say his skin is burned. You're right. Parton also noted that Sonny's scout, uh, his scout hat or cap or whatever, had three tiny holes burned into it. Parton then asked Sonny what happened. And Sonny told the sheriff that he had been attacked by a flying saucer. Fuck yeah. So, not knowing what to do or say, and because this was 1952, Pardon called the U.S. Air Force, uh, the Air Force Base at the West Palm Beach International Airport. Hello, Air Force. <laughs> you know that new sound you were looking for? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen to this. An officer who identified himself as Captain Carney answered the, the call. Yo, not saying come anything. on, you can't not saying expect anything. us to just dip past I'm not saying, Roger, I can't, I can't, I'm, I made Roger. a vow. Captain made Carney, a, Captain Carney. I made a, Captain Carney. Captain Carney. I made a vow. Captain We're going to move on. All right. We're going to move on. Disvergius. Captain Carney. <laughs> All right, so Captain, I'm sorry, uh, Deputy Parton told Captain Carney that everything had everything had happened, everything had seen. This fucking crazy guy walked out of the bushes. He says his arms are burned. There was a three kids thing. They saw flying saucers. Been nuts, crazy. So Carney told Parton to put Sonny on the phone, and then Sonny told him what happened. And get ready now, especially you, Siege, because things get creepy, but also kind of horny. Oh, yeah. I'm here for it, boys. <laughs> Mr. X? Mr. X, where are you? Are you here? We're here for the back shots, baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to probe you. I'm always here. <laughs> I'm always here for the booty. <laughs> I just came. Sonny told Captain Carney he was driving the, the three boys from a full day of camping and uh, meeting with the troops and shit. At around 9.30 p.m., just as they reached the military trail road where the highway gets dark, Sonny spotted a spherical object hovering about 10 feet off the ground from where they were. The object then moved and hovered about the car before heading toward the woods on the side of the road. So Sonny pulled over and he got out. He walked into the clearing where the object had flown. Don't worry, boys. I'll check it out. Stay here, boys. So once there, he noticed a weird smell. It was marijuana. <laughs> and I was smoking it. <laughs> so he walked a few steps forward when he suddenly got the feeling that somebody or something had been watching him. It was me. <laughs> 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 Mr. X, damn it. Oh, Mr. X, he's everywhere. He's like Forrest Gump <laughs> of horniness. <laughs> uh, Sonny felt heat as if walking close to an oven. Uh, <laughs> a hot and humid sensation came from above him. Oh, God. He looked up and saw the flying object. The bottom of the object had a smooth surface. It was dark with, with no seams, joints, or rivet lines. It had dirty streaks running straight across as if oil or dust had been blown back. Sonny tried to run, but froze in fear. He looked closer. Roger's head. He <laughs> can you breathe? <laughs> Go on. Sonny looked closer and he saw that the object was round with a dome shaped top and with holes and fins running around the edge. This is literally Mr. X, what he looks like. <laughs> the bottom edge seemed to glow with a sort of phosphorescent glow. That's, right, That's when Sonny heard the clanging of a hatch opening. Oh. And suddenly, the saucer's opening shot a glowing red blob substance at his face. Jeez, 
He put his arms up to protect himself and felt an intense heat that singed the hair off his arms and burned holes in his hat. And the three boys then told Carney they saw the whole thing. Let the boys watch. So this UFO jizzed on Sonny. We're just basically... Crazy. And it was hot. Like, really hot. <laughs> so hot. Just squirting a red blob substance at his face. I mean, alien so jizz. This is the, the, this is the origin right. story I mean, of Mr. X. <laughs> and, and now we have Mr. X and he never goes away. Mr. X uh, jizzed on a scoutmaster in <laughs> So according to government records from the time, Captain Carney would end up speaking with Sonny and the three boys for the next three days doing follow-up interviews and cross-examining them. The boys are like, we really want to forget about this. <laughs> Whatever no. we saw. Yeah. No, we got to meet again tomorrow at noon. We're yeah. talk about this. <laughs> We'd really like to start now. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> You're staying right here. So following these interviews, Captain Carney filed a formal report with the Air Force on a claimed sighting of unidentified aerial objects. Carney then sent a teletype message to the Air Force Directorate of Intelligence in Pentagon <laughs> Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book? Yes, I've read that shit, or read parts of it anyway. My parents had that when I was growing up. What <laughs> is this yeah. thing? There's like redacted everywhere inside of the book. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is so fucking, it's real, it's mysterious. So because this was 1952 and there were no cell phones or emails, the teletype would not be seen by officials until the following morning. At the time, the teletype was classified and was only declassified just a couple years ago. I have that teletype. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Our first teletype. Our first. <laughs> show it to me. I want to see it. Pull it out and show it to me. Quote, Disvergis Scoutmaster of good reputation. Estimate of re reliability and experience. Excellent. States he observed object over 10 feet. Repeat, 10 feet above him. You're goddamn right it was. Heard noise <laughs> like ship's hatch opening. Object shot blob reddish glowing material at his face. <laughs> this is an official government document. We got these purrs. <laughs> AKHs. <laughs> or as you humans call it. <laughs> uh, this vergers threw up arms to protect face. Hair on forearm singed off, burned holes in cap. Boy Scouts in car saw red glow hit the surges. <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> the boys watch. Yeah. Boy Scouts in car saw red glow hit the surges. <laughs> Never be the same. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's all white sentence, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, Major Dewey Fournette of Project fuck Blue. You. <laughs> fuck off. Go fuck yourself. That's enough. That's, That's enough from you. Dewey. Say this guy, then that guy from here on out Son for the rest of the, of the episode. That's enough. It's, it's his Mott. name. Major Dewey Fournette. Major Mr. Dewey Huey <laughs> McDuck. Yeah, Major Dewey Fournette of Project Blue Book uh, received Carney's report and had some questions of his own, mm -hmm. such as what was the chemical analysis of the hat and remains <laughs> of the clothes ash? And Did we get an Mad milk. And is the scoutmaster subject to fainting spells? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, if he sees red fucking incinerating jizz on his face, then he might be. After that. Doesn't mean it was hot. He also wanted this Virgis's <laughs> arms closely examined and for the ground where the light hit to be examined with a Geiger counter. And moreover, he wanted the three boys to be interrogated again about no. the blob they saw. <laughs> Hey, Mister. Let's, let's keep re-traumatizing these children. <laughs> I really, these poor I, I gotta kids, man. 
I gotta get back to I gotta get back to geography. <laughs> nope, gotta be interrogated again about the blob. Oh man. <laughs> so two days following the incident, uh, Sonny was examined by an Air Force doctor. The doctor said he found Sonny to be quote normal physically. The hair on the back of his forearms was singed, but not too badly. And the skin on his, his <laughs> forearm... Go back to the forearm hair thing. It's like, <laughs> like, what else is he supposed to do? There's like heat-seeking jizz, alien jizz, going to his fucking face. Like, like <laughs> it's de- like defense wounds, man. <laughs> Can we bring him in again? How many times have we brought him in? Brought, bring him two in days again. later, too. Um, the skin on his forearms show no signs of blisters, burns, or redness. Or pregnancy. <laughs> so the doctor also asked Sonny if he had ever had nightmares. And Sonny answered, nope. And then he added that once he did have a dream about a beautiful woman and was still looking for her. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> and you can see me all this week at Chuckle Hut. <laughs> and the doctor the doctor did not find this amusing and said so in his report. I did not find this amusing. <laughs> this doctor's very fucking stick up his ass. Yeah, you have any uh you have any nightmares? Oh, there was this giant hot ball of jizz that shot at my face. So on August 22nd, an Air Force team searched 50 yards around the spot where Sonny's flashlight had been found. Really fucking went for it. 50 (laughs) yards. Guys, just fall down. And like, if you don't see anything around you, then we're out of here. Bobby, the 12-year-old boy, 12-year-old Boy Scout, he was interviewed again. God damn it. (laughs) This time with his mother present. His mother was there. Uh, Bobby said that he had been riding with Sonny and the two other boys. At first, they didn't see any lights. They've interviewed OJ less than this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby writes a book, How I Would Have Done It. How I Would Have Seen It. <laughs> yeah. How I Would Have Handled the Jizz in My Forearms. At first, they didn't see any lights, but then they did see it. And one of the boys got freaked out and wanted to get out of there, but Sonny turned around and parked the car. He told the boys to wait 10 minutes, and if he was not back, to call for help. something drawing me to it. (laughs) Bobby said he saw the red light envelop Sonny, and he saw Sonny fall down. Then they ran away and found the farmhouse. So Sonny himself was also interviewed again, but his story remained pretty consistent. He also drew a crude sketch of the saucer for the, the investigators. And I have that sketch. I know I was waiting for it, but I was like, how's he going to read <laughs> no, the And I will sketch. describe it to you <laughs> in crude detail. Now I'm looking for it. Is it like textbook flying saucer thing, or is it like elaborate fucking Rogue One? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like round, but it's just so poorly drawn that it's like, you think that's what it's supposed to be, <laughs> flying saucer? We're not sure. It actually looks like the and Millennium this is the Falcon. escape hatch. <laughs> so he described the weird smell he experienced as acute and sharp, like nothing he had smelled before. It was sickening, nauseating, and it made him woozy. <laughs> that is kind of a consistent, like, UFO thing I've, from what I've read. Oh, I can confirm that, yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, siege. This vergers told the Air Force men that he had been approached by a scientist, university professors, newspaper reporters, and broadcast reporters, and had been offered money for his story. And he said he refused to speak with any of them, and one of the investigators observed that Sonny seemed to be proud of himself for this, for turning down the reporters. Sonny asked what he should do about all the reporters, and said he would cooperate with the Air Force and not talk to anyone if that's what they wanted him to do. And the investigators told him he was free to talk to whoever he wished. So Sonny then announced he would go home and call the newspapers and give them the story. <laughs> the next day, newspapers reported on what Sonny Disvergers 
experience. One interviewer quoted him saying, quote, It's not foolish to say that this will determine the future of all of us someday. The Army's theory and mine coincide. I'd like to get it all off my chest. It's better for me not to go any further for the public good because it might cause panic. So Sonny Disvergers also claimed that he had begun to receive threatening phone calls and that a large black automobile was cruising around near his house. Sonny's machete was examined for radiation at the Wright Field Equipment Laboratory and the results came back negative, but investigators call that inconclusive. For his part, Sonny started to quietly shop around his story. How do we even know aliens, like, have, like, radiation? That's what they tell us. I mean... This is the 50s. Like, we just have to assume that they're all nuclear-powered. <clears throat> yeah, everything yeah. is atomic. It's, it's atomic what age. we can, like, make sense out of the technology. It's like, oh, radiation yeah. is brand new. They have a <laughs> new radiation that is much more yeah. pronounced Look at Sonny. powerful. Look at Sonny. Sonny looks like he's... That motherfucker took a hot shot of alien jizz to the face. (laughs) (laughs) Right on my chest. And I enjoyed it. Sonny started to quietly shop around his story, but there were no takers. Stories began to emerge that Sonny Disvergers had a shady past. Oh, you don't say... And he was a Boy Scout headmaster. I mean, they usually <laughs> vet all of their guys so fucking thoroughly. <laughs> um, yeah, he had he had uh, issues, including brushes with the law after stealing a car, and he was discharged from the Marine Corps for going AWOL. He also had done some time in the Federal Reformatory what in is Ohio. That? Is that a prison? <laughs> I think it's like a like a military jail. Ah. And he did time there for passing bad checks. Passing bad gas. Further, uh, <laughs> investigators found out from interviews of people who knew Sonny that he was, quote, a boy who never quite grew up. You saw the picture I just showed you. As well as a man prone to wild exaggerations and tall tales about himself. Two brothers who had known Sonny for years told investigators that, quote, he seemed to always have a story that would top one told by anybody else. Oh, Tommy Topper over here. (laughs) Fuck that guy. They said he was a clever storyteller and would often lie about random things for no reason whatsoever. For example, Sonny had once claimed that his four-month-old son could walk and talk and had several teeth. I believe him. It's a weird thing to brag about. (laughs) I believe him. Nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah, and he juggles too. It's also bullshit, but you don't know. Weird. You don't thing. know. Did you meet his? You meet his four four month old son? I've seen four months old, and they don't have teeth. I am reminded of Roger posting a photo of his newborn baby with human teeth. <laughs> in. Just yeah, now, it popped so in my head. Funny. I remember that. <laughs> I just popped in wow. my head. Oh my God. <laughs> He's smiling too. It's great. It's like a huge, perfect tooth <laughs> smile. The big old veneer <laughs> smile. Oh my god! And when Instagram was down for a little while, like it was down for like a day or two, like I, I posted that I was like, "Welcome back to Instagram." Yeah. <laughs> you still have like the newborn like hospital wrapping. Oh my god! The stripe, the blue stripes on the yeah, blanket. I, <laughs> that I, that made. Uh, my wife and I fucking cracked oh, up shit. so hard. Like we were oh, on the floor I was, laughing. I was that dying. Shit. That shit's burned in my brain. That's why it, it just popped up. Like flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was the better of the two. The there picture. was also like that app would could make like an old like your face look like an old person. Yeah, yeah. And that was disturbing. Like that was like nobody. I, deleted that right away it's like extremely i almost broke the app with doing that the smile thing was just very perfect. anyway um so investigators started looking into sunny's time with the boy scouts when interviewing the three boys in front of the troop leader their story slightly changed so the boys are once again being interviewed but this time in front of this the troop leader 
Um, this time, the boys claimed that Sonny had agreed to drive them and a fourth boy oh. home. Uh, there's a fourth. <laughs> he decided. Bring him in here. Interview him five thousand times. <laughs> yeah, he he. Mr. X, he dro- sorry, he what were you saying? <laughs> Mr. X, behave. Behave. These are children. These are children. So yeah, he agreed. Sonny had agreed to drive the three boys home and a fourth boy after their August 19th troop meeting. And on the way home, Sonny changed his route and drove toward a drive-in theater. Oh, what the fuck? You know where that is, Lake Worth. But the boy said something happened, and so instead they went to a stock car uh, speedway. Huh, that sounds fun. To, quote, see how much water was on the track from the recent rain. That's not fun. No, that sounds great. Let's look at puddles. You boys. guys want to look at puddles? <clears throat> yeah, boys. You want to watch a movie? You guys want to see how much rain collected? This fourth boy's gone missing. What's the runoff look like? So the confused investigators asked the boys, like, what was the reason for the change in plans? And the boys were very vague, and they seemed to be attempting to cover something up. We had to hide the body of the fourth kid. But no clear answers were had emerged. Another separate article or story written about Sonny was that he was secretly gay, although that's never been proven. <laughs> Mr. X is non-binary. He doesn't care. <laughs> he's very fluid. He's, Mr. X. He's, he's very <laughs> sexually fluid. So, so, all right. So when they left the speedway, um, Sonny dropped the fourth boy off at home. <laughs> you better like Mr. X on this episode. <laughs> Otherwise, you're getting heavy, 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 yeah, heavy doses. doses of X. <laughs> Leaving the speedway to search oh. this, this vergers, dropped the fourth boy at home, and then they headed south on military trail. And then that's when the UFO incident happened. Um, but ultimately, the investigators were like, what the fuck just happened? And they just moved on. And they never really <laughs> followed up that whole fourth boy thing. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe the fourth boy was there and he was abducted by the aliens and the hot red flash made them all forget about it. I mean, if there was a fourth boy, his parents would have been like, hey, we have a boy and he's not around anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Can somebody help us find our boy? Most guys named Bobby (laughs) that I know are kind of liars. Yeah. So a year later, Captain Edward Ruppelt. Spell that. One of the cheap, one of the uh, R-U-P-P-E-L-T. Using a repelt. sentence. What's the origin? One too many P's. Are you P-P-P-E-L-T-E-E? A year later, Captain Edward Repelt, one of the chiefs in charge of Project Blue Book, he received a phone call. The lab that had examined the grass from the area reported their findings to him. And the roots of the grass from the specimen had been burned. The lab tech explained that when the soil had been cleaned for the, from the roots, they were found to be charred black while the top of the grass was unharmed. So it was uh, Satan. Some, from below. Burned from below. Yeaselbub. The only damaged specimens were those from the spot over which Sonny said the saucer had hovered. And the grass that had been collected 50 and 75 yards away were found to be normal. Seven months after that, Captain Edward Repelt learned that a Mr. and Mrs. Wendell Wells had called the police to report that their 15-year-old niece had noticed, quote, a bright glow in the sky on the night of August 19th. Why did they wait so goddamn long? No, they call that night. They oh, call the cops. But this story was just sort of never followed up with. Look. As like all the cops in fucking Palm Beach County, yeah, from every story. Yeah, this, <laughs> this this blue book blue book chief guy is finding out now that this couple said their niece saw a bright glow in the sky in the same night, and according to the girl, the light first appeared to be one big yellow white light, and it seemed to be drifting and slanting downward. Then it got over the woods on the left side of the road and then dropped straight down. The girl said that the object seemed to look like the size of a large transport, 
but looked like the rim of a coin more than an actual like airplane. And there were lights all around it. She didn't use the word transport. <laughs> In his investigation of the Sonny Disvergers case, reporter William Nash, a normal name, um, interviewed no notes. interviewed Fred Brown, another normal name. That's too normal. Fuck that guy. Brown worked at Everglades Experimental Station directly west of West Palm Beach. What's that? I don't know. I know where it is. That sounds cool. It is cool. Everglades, Everglades Experimental, Experimental Station. Station. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking prog rock band. <laughs> <laughs> that plays at Churchill's. 30-minute songs and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where Everglades Experimental Station. Welcome to our show. This is our one song. <laughs> Lots of Lord of the Rings references in that song. <laughs> and when the night and the <laughs> goblins find us, they will honor us to Sauron. <laughs> Fred Brown reported seeing a low flying saucer shaped object about 35 feet in diameter with red and yellow lights spaced all around its lower rim. He said it passed very low over the station, over the experimental station, in the early morning hours of September 14th. He said that the saucer exuded a bad odor, emitting a loud hum and severely frightened a herd of cows. I love that the aliens always have like this. They run on sulfur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a sulfuric smell. Yeah, like ah, Very yeah, farty. I got a carburetor back then inside of that spaceship. But you can't get it fixed. I mean, no fuel injection. Uh, so the conclusion of this is we don't know exactly what happened. Uh, oh, Captain Carn Captain Carney is convinced that Sonny Disvergis was. Just a very elaborate hoaxer. Captain Carney can go fuck himself in his whole carnival. But um, Edward Ruppelt is not so convinced because he's got these other um, eyewitness accounts right. of the same night or around the same night of seeing uh, different, you know, ind independent reports of basically the same object. Although, you know, it's universal, it's round and saucery. Um, and that's that's all I've got for this uh, UFO incident story. <laughs> Sorry. And that's where it stopped. I looked up the Everglades Experimental Station, and it was established in 1921 by the Florida legislature. Station is located near Bell Glade. Uh, the purpose was to help families deal with the challenge of living and working in the area. Um, oh, it had hmm. flooded several times in the 20s uh, throughout <laughs> the hurricanes and has been the site of numerous... UFO sightings. There you go. There we go. And I mean, that's I mean that's out cool there. Name. The Everglades. Great name. Everglades Experimental Station. I mean, for real. If you're gonna <laughs> experiment on that, anybody, man. do it out in the Everglades. That's what I always two say. Two drummers. <laughs> two drummers. <laughs> two drummers. Double bass. <laughs> double bass drums. <laughs> They're all kick bass <laughs> and one like <laughs> one random Lots off tune loose tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of keyboards, no lots of double neck lots of keyboards. <laughs> All guitars only have one bass string. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, I don't know. That's a UFO incident of nineteen fifty two. I feel may, like may yeah, would he have know. gone through all that even if he was a you know a jokester, guy. hoaxer. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Guy. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a lot to go. Yeah, through. I mean, like it's it, usually when you hear people who go through a whole bunch of that crap, especially like in the history of the stuff that we've read, they've usually done a whole mess of crap that's like documented before that. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's like they have a history of like he's got you know, a couple things, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fucking that are not close to that. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. This Florida man, we got so we have so many alien sightings and shit down here what's your alien thing me which one yeah oh i got alien 
it's all over the place. <laughs> baby. Next time, we'll get in. Uh, <laughs> really? Like, no, for real. Like, I've had no alien experience. You had no alien um, experiences at all. Neither have I. Nope. Neither have I. No. There's been shit like, uh, I mean, my dad, who like never believed in this stuff and everything else like that, has had like Lou an alien. Had, he, my dad, <laughs> fucked an alien. No. Uh, <laughs> um, like my he dad walked who into like a, told like told me stories a about bathroom like, at the button south <laughs> <laughs> what a good there reference was alien he sucked his fucking cock straight off he didn't believe until that night he didn't believe until that night and now he's a true believer in that moment, in that moment I can't tell like, you what's out there shit. all I know is that if I stick my dick into what's a inside black of hole me? not only does it go to another dimension <laughs> But I also create a galaxy. <laughs> no, no, for real though. Let's talk about what. So, what did your like, dad experience? Like, like my dad <laughs> woke up, um, and it just to like an ungodly bright light outside the front window, and like we the the place the place that he was at was just so it was so far out west at the time. Like there was no roads connecting <laughs> to it. Like you had to go down a city or up a city. To get this is in Florida. Yeah, this is Florida. This is, uh, it's mm, actually okay. uh, like Southern Palm Beach County. Um, All right. And so, like, yeah, to get just to get where he was going, you had to either go down into like Broward and head all the way west to get to 441, mm-hmm. and then go north or south, and same thing like from the other side. So, and uh, so he woke up. To like this bright light that was so bright and there was no real other houses out here this was all like everglades stuff like literally just yeah. west of the house that uh my parents lived in is was just it wasn't neighborhoods like it is now it was literally everglades like you walk out there and it's it's instant like sawgrass and like palm fronds and uh the only kind of tire track the only kind of tracks that were out there were like tire tracks and there were shotgun shells people hunting alligators and airboats all the time uh it's literally loxahatchee wildlife refuge out there and uh the light was like so bright it lit up the whole house it was like three o'clock in the morning and uh insane yeah i would i would freak out yeah he he freaked he freaked out but he was just like so uh, I remember the way that he told the story and it like kind of g- gave me chills then and it's giving me chills now just thinking about it that uh, it was so bright and he was scared at first but he couldn't like not look at it and he had to go outside to check it out and he walked out front and he was in the driveway just kind of watching it out over like essentially um, there's like a giant field across the street from the house that has like power lines and stuff and he just kind of watched it, and all of a sudden, it like shot straight up into the air, and it was gone. And like that's it. Wow. And so, yeah, he was, and he was just like, I like. My dad doesn't make up shit like that, you know. <laughs> my dad is just, very, yeah. My dad's very old school, fucking, yeah. It's crazy. My dad's very that's old wild. school Pennsylvania mechanic, you know. I mean, like, he just, you know. Doesn't really make up stories and shit. So hearing that was just like, okay, fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's nuts. Damn. I've never seen a UFO. You should be jealous. Yeah. I am jealous. Wait, sor- did we do sources already? Oh, no, sources. Uh, no. And Chris didn't have All any, so right. he made this one up. I made the whole <laughs> He's thing He's like, up. sources. My imagination. Sources. <laughs> Your stupidity. <laughs> Sources are a, a report from the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon by Carl T. Flock. Uh, Florida Scoutmaster Case of August 19th, 1952 by Captain Edward J. Rappelt. That could be Blue, anything. Blue Book Project, U.S. Air Force. History.com article, The Scoutmaster Had a Run-In with a UFO. The Kids Saw It Too by Colin. That, that's a title right there. Now I'm clicking that's on a good that. One. He's like, he was drunk. He's like, ah, fucking Scoutmaster saw some shit. The kids saw it. Fucking kids saw it in. too. I don't give a shit. History, uh, it's this history. job sucks. 
fun stuff. That's a fun one. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope everyone understood what the fuck was happening. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and understand who Mr. X is and didn't turn, who he us, isn't. didn't turn us off five minutes in. Who is he or <laughs> who isn't he? You'll never understand. You have to keep listening. He's going to have to do a thing at the beginning like, Hey everyone, um, Mr. X was referenced at uh, episode. <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> this, this alien man, full of he's genes. a weird alien man that uh, <laughs> Mr. X is everyone. Siege the he's a character that Siege portrays. Ooh, what? No, and, um, no. The for horny. the sensitive audience, I don't do that. He likes. He's very horny. The Florida Man Murders is a five-reason sports production. Researched, written, and produced by Chris Joseph. Music by Roger Rimada. Thank you for listening. And remember, kids, only assholes murder. So, don't be an asshole.